says in verse 11 of Isaiah chapter 51, it says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Now this, uh, this verse right here, I, I love this verse. Uh, we used to sing a song that was the exact words of this all the time when I was younger. And I think about that song every time I read this verse. But in this passage, just a little context of this verse right here, in the book of Isaiah, you see a lot of very negative prophecies towards Israel. You know, They had sinned a great deal against God and they were going to be going into captivity. And uh, But during this particular time, we do see some examples where uh, you know, they tried getting taken over by the Assyrians, but God ended up protecting them because they got right, they had a revival. Not enough to the point where God said, all right, I'm not going to judge you, but He held the judgment off. But you know, one thing what God did whenever He's prophesying all this judgment to them, one thing that we see in, also in the book of Isaiah is there's a great deal of prophecy about salvation and about uh, you know Israel uh, you know, basically being restored and all these wonderful things. And when it comes to that, you know, I don't want to get a whole lot into. Uh, you know, I don't want to get off subject here. But you know, Israel being restored—that's something that happens. You know, after the rapture, the millennium, to the people that God promised it to. It's something that's going. You know, it's something that's to come in the future. But anyway, during this time when God's prophesying all these things, one thing He's telling them here in this chapter is, listen, this is going to come to an end. This judgment that's coming, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a hard time. There's all these terrible things that are going to take place. We know they ended up being in captivity for 70 years, but you know God said it's going to end. And in the case of Israel, even though it ended, they still never got right with God. They still had all these problems. And this particular verse we're reading here said its real fulfillment is going to take place in the millennium. But it's going to happen. It's not going to be for a long time after this was mentioned, but it's going to happen that basically the time of their captivity will come to an end. There is going to come a time where the redeemed of the Lord are going to return. And I do, I believe we're included in that because are we not the redeemed of the Lord? And we're going to return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. So thank God that even though we see prophecies about a lot of bad things. We see that they all end up good. And isn't that the same thing too for the tribulation? While there's a lot of bad stuff prophesied in the tribulation, the story doesn't end with the tribulation, does it? The story ends with the rapture and then goes on from there to see God pouring out His wrath on the earth, doing justice, and then returning to the earth triumphantly. And that's how it's going to end for us. It's going to end good on a high note. And so what I want to preach to you tonight, I want to talk to you about dealing with discouragement. Because there's so there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. There's difficult times that people go through. And you know what? There's going to be difficult times ahead. Okay? Now, what do you say? You saying something specific's coming? No, I'm just saying, seeing that history doesn't really change much, it's pretty common for people to go through bad things, isn't it? We all go through trials in our life. We all go through difficulties. You know, we have, we go through times of you know, health problems, financial problems. I mean, there's all kinds of problems that people can deal with. But you know what? You know, I believe in the Word of God we can find out how to deal with these things and how to be encouraged. Now, as I preach this message, something I wanted you to realize about how I'm trying to preach this. I want you to get this. 
what I am telling you right now, while I'm up here preaching this to you, this is not something that you're really just supposed to take and preach to other people who are discouraged. Okay? Because what I'm trying to do in this message is I'm trying to show you how to encourage yourself when you're discouraged. Okay? A lot of times, you know, when people are discouraged, you know what they actually need from other people? They need some sympathy. They need some comfort. You know, they need a hug. You know, that, you know, they just need somebody to feel sorry for them. They need a listening ear. And it's okay for you to do that. Alright? It's okay. You know, you don't always have to just preach to people. You know, when, you don't want to be like Job's friends where when Job is going through a miserable time, they're all trying to figure out what's wrong with them. You know, they should have just comforted him, but instead they're all trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And what did he call them? He called them miserable comforters. And Christians are sometimes some of the worst comforters that there are because anytime somebody's going through something, everybody wants to figure out why they're going through it. Everybody wants to figure out what they did wrong and everybody wants to be this person that comes along and just straightens them out. Okay? And anybody ever come across anybody like that before? They do. And sometimes you just want some encouragement. Okay? But sometimes there is no one around to encourage you and so you need to encourage yourself. So I'm, I'm sharing this with you tonight to kind of show you some things that you need to do to yourself because sometimes there's not, there aren't people around to encourage you. Sometimes people just don't know. Some people, they keep their problems to themselves and they would rather it be that way. Some people, they'd rather share it with the whole world. You know, Some people, they get on Facebook and tell everybody their marriage problems and things like that. That's a bad idea. You know, don't do that. But these are things that I want you personally to take and use for yourself when you're discouraged. Okay? Don't go hitting other people over the head with these verses whenever they're going through hard times. You use these things for, for yourself. So just ten things about discouragement. This I'm going to go through quickly. I said ten points. I don't usually have ten points, but they're not going to be long points. All right? So don't, don't fret. I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet, help you remember some of these things. But first off, you just need to understand that discouragement is going to come. Okay, now you might be on cloud nine right now. You might be just all excited right now and feeling good and everything's hunky dory right now. But you know what? Mark it down. You're going to go through tough times. You're going to have some times where you are discouraged. And did you know that it helps us greatly if we realize that? You know, it says in Luke 18 verse one, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Okay? Now, why would they faint? Because they're going through a hard time. Because they're fighting a battle. Because things are heavy and weighing on them. And if you're not careful, you might end up fainting. So we ought to always be in an attitude of prayer. And In fact, I believe we ought to pray when we're discouraged. And I believe we ought to be praying when we are not discouraged. Okay? Now, think about this. If we have, you know, say, How does just knowing discouragement is going to come help? Well, one of the biggest things that gets people down when they're going through hard times is they have this attitude of, why me? They have this attitude of, you know, what did I do? And they feel sorry for themselves. But when you have the attitude of discouraging times are going to come, you know what it does to you? All of a sudden, it makes you thankful for the good days. It makes you thankful when things are going good. You know, some people are just negative all the time. Some people are just down all the time, no matter what. And you know, and that's that's just a, a personal problem that they've got right there. But people who realize they just have this attitude, not of just doom and gloom. I'm not telling you, you know, you just gotta, 
you know, have this attitude of, you know, just thinking the worst of everything. But you do need to realize discouraging times are going to come. And so you know what you need to do? You ought always to pray. And you ought always be thankful when you're not fighting the battles, when you're not going through the tough times, because those days are going to come. And you know, one of the things I remember early on in my life where the Lord just kind of helped me with some things, you know, when, when we started having kids, I used to think about the, just the thought of losing one of my children. And I thought about how horrible that would be. And it was just, it was such a devastating thought. And I remember just, you know, thinking I, you know, a part of me just thought, I'd almost rather never have them than to have them and lose them. But then, you know, after you have them, you know, you wouldn't trade that time you had with them for anything. And I realized then, I thought about that verse in the Bible where Job said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when you realize that, you know what? Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen every day. You know what it causes you to do? It causes you every day that you do have those things to be thankful. It's like, you know what? I'm thankful I have them today. I'm thankful that I've had them for all these years that I've had them. I wouldn't trade that for anything. And instead of just sitting around worrying about what could happen or what you might lose, you ought to just consider what you actually have. If you actually do lose something, I'm not telling you you can't be sad about it, but you know the reason you're so sad is because you actually had something to lose. Some people have nothing to lose. You know, I'm not sad that I don't have hardly any money because I've never had hardly any money. You know, but yet there's millionaires out there that they'll lose a ton of money in the stock market to where they're no longer a millionaire. They have to sell one of their mansions or vacation homes or something like that, and they go kill themselves. You know, and it's just that the thing is, you know what? They ought to be thankful they had it at least for a little while. They ought to be thankful there was a time when they were rich and able to enjoy the luxuries of this world, but all they can do is focus on the fact that they lost something and they can't handle it. But when we realize that just everything we have is a gift from God, it's going to cause us to be thankful. And when we realize, too, that tough times are going to come, it causes us to be even more thankful every day when we're not fighting the battles, when things are going good, so realize they're going to come and then you can prepare yourself for it. Then you're, then you're prepared. Then you're ready. Then when something bad happens, you're like, I was ready for this. You know, I knew it was going to come. I'm glad. Alright, you know, I'm 38 years old. I'm glad it never happened until I was 38. But I always knew it was going to come. And I believe that will help you. That way we're not blindsided. We're not going to think we're, you know, some weird random thing happened to us. We just ought to have the expectation that it's going to come. Also, we need uh, turn over to Proverbs chapter 30. We're going to look at several verses here, but I want you to look at this uh, verse in Proverbs, or Psalms chapter 30. I'm sorry. Psalms chapter 30. Another thing you need to realize about your, the discouraging time you're in, whatever your difficulty is, First, you've got to realize it's going to come, but then you know what you've got to realize it's going to go too. It's going to end. Whatever it is you're dealing with, it's going to end. It says in Psalms 30, verse 5, For His anger endureth but a moment, in favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's a good verse to memorize right there. Joy cometh in the morning. There's going to be times where you might have to cry yourself to sleep, but you know what? Joy is going to come in the morning. Maybe not tomorrow morning. Alright? It's kind of an expression he's using right here. You might weep for several nights, but you know what? Joy is going to come. 
There is going to come a time where that pain passes and goes away. And we've all been there before where we've been faced with something that was like, this is just never going to end. But you know what? It does end. Those, those difficult times do get over and you need to realize this is going to pass. 1 Peter 1.6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, so now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom now ye see Him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, I could probably preach a whole message just on this passage right here, but just think about what he just said right here. Because what is it that we are often mocked for? Alright? And when it comes to being believers, show me the proof that there's a God. You know, since the universe doesn't count, you know. Since the universe doesn't count, you know, they're always wanting us to like display something. They're always wanting us to, you know, perform some miracle or let them see God, you know, not understanding they couldn't handle seeing God. Not understanding that when the people of Israel saw the face of Moses after he had seen the back parts of God, they had to ask Moses to put a veil over his face. These people don't even know what they're asking for because they just don't believe the Bible. They don't even real, they haven't read the story in the Old Testament where when God came down on that mountain and they heard his voice and that thunder, the mountain quaked and everything, what did they ask Moses? They, 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 they asked him, don't let that happen again. We don't want to see that sight again. It freaked them out so bad, they couldn't handle it. And that's when God told them, alright, I'm not going to do that way again. I'm going to send a prophet like unto Moses, and that was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ ended up coming as a man. Why? Because they couldn't handle it. Okay? So we do. We get mocked, but we get mocked for it. Alright? They ignore history. They ignore the Word of God. They ignore science. They ignore creation. And so they do. They just, you know, hit us over the head with it. But because God is not our little puppet that we can make do cool stuff when we want Him to. Because honestly, I'd love to prove that there's a God with these people. I'd love to just say, Lord, get that one with a lightning bolt. You know? I'd prove it right. But here's. God wants faith, doesn't He? God wants faith. And look what it says. It says, in verse 8, "...whom having not seen, ye love." Okay, The world can't understand how we would love the Lord who we've never seen. They don't understand that. Though now, now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. They think we're nuts because of the fact that we are excited about the Lord's return and what He's going to do. All they can see, you know, the, in the worldly crowd, that atheist crowd we've been, that's been coming after us, they mock us for rejoicing in the fact that we know that we are going to win the battle. We know that while we're losing battles left and right on this earth, while the politicians are doing everything in their favor, while more and more religions are accepting that garbage, you and I, what do we do? We just continue rejoicing in the fact that, yeah, it's getting bad. And you know what? It's going to get a whole lot worse. One of these days they will be throwing us into prison. One of these days they will be killing us. We're going to continue losing a lot of these battles, but yet we still rejoice. Why? Because we know we're going to win at the end. We know that. And we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, and they can't stand it. Because even when they win battles, 
We're the happier ones. Even when they win battles, they're the ones that have to take mental health days because they're ha- you know, they've got all these mental issues that they have to deal with. Part of having a reprobate mind, I guess. And so here they do. They win these battles, yet still no meds, you know, no psychiatrist, still happy, still going on, doing everything. And you know what? And I haven't faced this yet, but I'd like to think that if, if when it gets to the point, I'll still be like Paul, that even if they throw me in prison, I'm still going to be singing. And that's what, they, that's what Paul and Silas did, wasn't it? That's a huge loss right there. But here they are singing. Why? Because these guys, they had faith. And one of these days, in verse 9, it says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. One of these days, our body is going to be changed into a body like Christ. Whatever it is we're going through, it's going to end. Whatever we face, it's going to end. And it's going to end with us victorious. And we know that. And it's been promised to us. And it's going to come. And the world keeps saying, prove it, prove it. You know, And it will be proved in God's time. I wish we could prove it today, but I'm not God. And if I was, I'd mess everything up. But God's going to do it in His time. And I promise you, when it comes, it will be glorious. It will be great. And we won't regret a thing. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, everyone, every, you know, everyone makes it too, makes it through these difficult times, but not everyone gets over it. That's another thing too. There's a lot of people who have gotten through difficult times, but they've never gotten over it. You know, I know I've known pastors, and I knew one in particular who he went through a church split. You know, the church split ended, but he just never got over it. It was all he talked about for years. It's like, okay, you had a church split. It happens in every church. Get over it. You know, move on. And everybody, you know, that's the thing. Have you ever known somebody like that? I mean, they do. They go through one thing, and it's all they want to talk about for the rest of their life. It's like, you know what? Let's let's move on. Let's go into the next thing. You do realize you survived it, don't you? You know, you you do realize you're still here. All right. You know, yes, I understand you had cancer 30 years ago, but you're still here. All right. So it looks like you won. So let's let's move on. Let's thank God for the victory and let's get over it. Alright, it's, like I said, it's, it's easier said than done sometimes, but some people just can't ever move on. You've got to do that. So the third thing you've got to realize is when it comes to discouragement, we choose to let things discourage us. Now, now listen, don't go telling this to other people. Right? I'm talking to you right now. None of you have told me about a discouraging time you're going through. I'm not rebuking you right now. Alright, I'm just preaching the word and this is something that you need to tell yourself. Okay? And if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, you know, I'm discouraged right now. I'm going through a hard time. And it's like, well, you need to make better choices. And you need to not be discouraged. You need to choose to be happy right now. All right? don't, you know, don't do that. All right? All right? That's, that's not the way you handle it when someone comes to you with a difficulty. All right? y'all, I want to make sure you all get this. Okay? I don't want you to like take one of my points and just hit somebody over the head with it that's going through a hard time. This is what I want you to use for yourself. This is what I want you to preach to yourself. John 14, verse 1, look what Jesus said. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. Sounds like He's saying, it's your choice there, that you let your heart be troubled. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. 
Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Okay? So what's going on here? How, you know, how do, is it that we choose to let things discourage us? Well, think about this. You know, I was just talking with somebody this week about like Ananias and Sapphira. Okay? The story of Ananias and Sapphira is not a story that we're supposed to take and then say, anybody who lies in church dies. Okay? Now that did happen then, didn't it? That really happened. Because they lied in church, they died. So is the lesson, don't lie in church or you're dead? Or is the lesson, you know, don't lie in church or God's going to be really mad at you? Okay? Right there that shows what God thinks about it. We see examples in the Bible where they committed certain sins and many times God killed thousands of them. And what did God say? God said, you know, these things are written for our admonition. These are lessons for us. These things show us how God feels about these sins. And if God wanted to, He could kill us for some of these things. If He wanted to. But those stories don't necessarily mean that He will. Okay. Now, same thing applies too when it comes to the good stories in the Bible. The stories of deliverance. The stories of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what those stories are tell us? The stories of Daniel and him praying the three times a day, we're not supposed to take that story and say, you know what, if we disobey the government when they do a bad law, everything is going to go great for us. If we get thrown in jail, the Lord's going to get us out. That's not what that tells you. Now, that story does tell us that God could get us out if He wanted to. God could deliver us if He wanted to. That's what that story tells us. That story teaches us that it's always right. You know, we ought to obey God rather than men. But you know what? If you obey God rather than men, you might go to jail. You might get killed. Those things could happen if you do the right thing. We see in Hebrews 11, there were some that were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Why? So they could obtain a better resurrection. So those stories aren't meant to teach you that you know you will be delivered. You will be victorious. The king's going to be coming to you the next day crying, you know, so man, you know, hoping God delivered you, like in the story of Daniel. That's not necessarily going to happen, but here's what those stories are going to teach us and are a reminder of for us is that in the end, God is always victorious. We might not get our reward until after the resurrection. But either way, those stories teach us that you know, at the end we're going to we're going to win. So because we have all these examples, we shouldn't be discouraged, should we? What did the Bible say? When we're persecuted, you know, we, ought to be, we ought to rejoice. We ought to leap for joy. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. We're supposed to be encouraged by that. So whenever we get persecuted, you know, we're, we're supposed to be encouraged by the fact we're going to be rewarded. Now, I haven't seen the reward yet. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I guarantee you it's going to be good. So if I'm a person of faith, you know what? I'm going to be excited about it. I'm going to be encouraged by it. I'm telling you, you know, this old, the old IFB that's in hide, been in hiding for the entire month of June, they're going to regret it on Judgment Day. They ought to regret it right now. I'm telling you, it's, it's totally worth it. You say, why? What have you gotten from it? Well, I see in the Bible I'm supposed to leap for joy. I see blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. I seek example after example in the Bible how God delivered those who did the right thing, how they were rewarded. I see promises of rewards in the Bible. So you know what? I'm encouraged by that. So I consider myself 
already victorious. And any persecution that you deal with, you know what? Just mark it down. You're victorious. But you know what? A lot of people choose discouragement. A lot of people choose to feel sorry for themselves. But with all the examples we have, we really should. We really shouldn't be discouraged. I'm not going to beat you up if you're if you're being persecuted for the cause of Christ and you're down because of it. I'm not going to beat you up, okay? But at the same time, I do believe God wants us encouraging ourselves in these things. He's commanded us to do that, and so it's our choice. And I can I can choose to let something get me down, or I can choose to let it encourage me, like the Bible says that we're supposed to do. And I would I would recommend that you do that. So fourth thing we see is. Uh, in Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we see again, there are rewards for overcoming and getting through the difficult times. You'll reap if we faint not. When do we faint? When we're weary. When we're tired. When we feel like we can't carry the load anymore. We often give up. And you know what? When it comes to fainting, I mean, some when it comes to just giving up, you know, Let's just admit it. Sometimes we just—it's you know—we say we couldn't go another step, but we could have went another step, all right? Most people, if they're running in a race or whatever, they don't usually physically collapse. Now, sometimes people do. There's been times people have been running in a race and they did—they ran so hard. I mean, they literally passed out. They gave it all they got, you know. But most of the time, we just quit, don't we? Anybody in here ever just? Ran in a race before and you ran until you literally passed out. Okay. No. Now, how many of you have been running and you just quit? All right. <laughs> we we faint by because you know we faint in our minds before we faint in our bodies. The Bible teaches that we always faint in our minds before we faint in our bodies. We rarely, you know, when doing something challenging, just completely collapse. It's something that happens in our mind many times. And you know what? If we can just Hang on. If we could just encourage ourselves, we will get through it. And folks, there's been there's been many times in my life where I felt like that. I was just like, yeah, this can't keep going. But you just you just have to keep going. You know what they say? Keep on, keep it on. That's all you can do. I feel like quitting. I'm discouraged. I'm down. I see no end in sight. But you know what? I'm just gonna do it again. I'm gonna you know every day. You know you got to go to work. You're not, you're tired. You don't feel like doing it. Things are tough, but you know what? You just got to do it again. And you got to do it again and again. And one of these days, you're going to get to cease from your labors. It might not be till we get to heaven, but one of these days, we will get to cease from our labors. So in the meantime, just don't faint. There are rewards for getting through it. So don't give up. Uh, Psalms 31, verse 24. Fifth thing. It says, Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. It's the discouraging times that help us rely on the Lord. You know, one of the reasons many people today have such a terrible relationship with God is because they, they never need Him. So they think. We all need God, but many people don't think that they need God. There's many people today, they've just never really done anything challenging. They've never been in any kind of battle or difficulty. I mean, it's just kind of an easy street for them. And they've never been in a position where they needed to rely on the Lord. But folks, those, those are the times when God makes Himself the most real. Those are the times when you see the greatest things and the times when you are the most hopeless. The greatest, some of the greatest stories we see in the Bible were when they were 
helpless and hopeless. For example, what's one thing that everybody says, if I go back and see a Bible event, what is it? Parting of the Red Sea. Everybody wants to see that, right? Ever since you know Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments. That looks so cool. You know, we all would have loved to have seen that event, but you all realize that was a hopeless event where they were completely helpless. You know, we think about the resurrections one I'd like to see too. But you all realize, I mean, that was a time of defeat. Jesus, he had died and been dead for three days. Yet, what a great thing that was. The walls of Jericho. They didn't have a chance against the walls of Jericho. But what did they do? They did what they were supposed to do. Something that should not have worked. Marching around a city doesn't do anything to kill the enemy. But you know what? They did it obeying God. And it didn't matter they did it seven times on the seventh day. You know what? It was obedience to God and God defeated their enemies. And those are great stories. Those are things that encourage us. And those times when they were when they were completely helpless and they relied on the Lord, those are the things that strengthened their faith. Those were the things that got them through difficult times in the future. We constantly see it throughout the Old Testament where they would remind themselves of what happened in Egypt. They would remind themselves of what happened at the Red Sea and what happened at Jericho. And usually it was God reminding them. Most of the time they didn't remind themselves. Usually it was God reminding them. But you know what? We should remind ourselves of these things. And so discouraging times help us rely on the Lord. Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. God wants to show make He wants to show Himself in your life. He wants to be real to you. And it's the difficult times that draw us close to Him. So we ought to be thankful for Him when they come. Then the sixth thing, the discouraging times we endure, many times it's God trying to prepare us for something that's ahead. Now this right here kind of scares me sometimes. Okay? I'm okay with this, but sometimes it scares me a little bit. Well, it says in first Peter four twelve. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Alright, so when we're going through a tough time, it's not, it shouldn't seem like, this is weird. Why are we going through this? It ought to be something we understand. And it says, you know, we're being made partakers of Christ's suffering. And when His glory is revealed, we're going to be glad. Okay, I believe the more suffering that we go through on this earth, the happier we're going to be at Christ's return. And that, that's what the Bible's saying right there. So we shouldn't be surprised by these things. But you all realize too, when it comes to the difficult times, the battles we go through, these are often God preparing us for bigger things. Now, once again, that can be kind of scary sometimes because a lot of times the battles that we're facing, we feel like we can't carry those things. We feel like this is too heavy. And the thought that, well, maybe the Lord's preparing me for something heavier, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Okay? But understand, alright? And this is something, you know, I think the Lord kind of helped me straighten out my mind. It's like, but I don't want to carry something heavier, alright? You know? I mean, who's gone through some difficulties and you would prefer to not go through something more difficult? Alright? You know, go ahead and admit it if that's you. You know, I don't want to go through something more difficult. But listen, God doesn't prepare you for difficulties so He can give you more difficulties. You know why He prepares you for those difficulties? Because those difficulties are coming whether you like it or not. Those difficulties are coming one way or another. So He brings these other things in your life 
to prepare you for those so you can handle it. So you will not be destroyed. Okay? So whatever that battle is you face, whatever that heavy load is that you've learned to carry, you know, don't let that scare you from what's to come or get you mad thinking now God's just going to do something worse. No. Whatever's coming, it's coming. And so God's doing these other things to prepare you for it. And so sometimes when you're going through difficult times, I think about that and it's like, man, I don't want to go through something worse. But listen, whatever worse is out there, it's coming. So I would rather be prepared. I would rather be ready when that time comes. And so, and here's, you know, this is a testimony, you know, and I'm not, I've never been through anything like some people have. You know, I've, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not like the shining example of, you know, somebody who's fought the battles and came out victorious, alright? I mean, I know people that have lost children, they lost spouses, I mean, they've gone through horrible physical ordeals, and, you know, I, I've not dealt with that. I've never had anything life-threatening happen to me, so uh, you know I'm not. I'm definitely not claiming to be some shining example in that area. But at the same time, you know when when you go through these things, they do they make you stronger. They prepare you for more. And one way or another, stuff's going to come. And so we ought to be thankful that God prepped us for it. And many people who have gone through the very difficult times and came out victorious. They can often tell you about things in their life from the past that God did that kind of prepared them for that. A lot of people who have gone through some of the most difficult battles and come out victorious are people that have a whole history of battles that they fought and won. And sometimes you're just like, man, that's just, you know, that's not fair. But you know what? We're not going to feel sorry for them on Judgment Day. We're going we're gonna to envy them on Judgment Day. So don't be discouraged by those things. When they come, don't let it scare you. Just understand God's preparing you for stuff. And the more you deal with, the more you, the more you handle, the greater the rewards are going to be. And so God, cause, so I, I believe God, He wants us to go through these difficult times because so the, the greater the difficulty, the greater the reward. And I believe God, He may just be wanting some great things from you in the future. So He needs to toughen you up a little bit so you're ready for it. Too many people quit as soon as the battles start because they've never been prepared for anything. But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. So the seventh thing is discouraging times we face, they can help us be a help to others. Okay? Now, well, let's look at a verse here and I'll tell you some things not to do all right, with this. But 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us with all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So these trials that we go through, that comfort that we get, God wants us to take that comfort that He gave us and He wants us to give it to other people. Okay, and Christians can be pretty bad at this sometimes. You ever known that person? No matter what you're going through, they've got your beat. They've had something worse. Oh, I got a financial battle going on right now. You know, I owe a thousand dollars to the credit card company. I don't know how I'm going to pay. Oh yeah, well I owe ten thousand dollars. You know, oh you know I got cancer in my arm. I got cancer in both arms. You know, I mean I got. You know, it's like they're always in a worse state. And you do, you go to them hoping to maybe get some sympathy, hoping to get some comfort, but their problems are always way worse. I, I do not like talking to people like this. Sometimes, you know, when somebody is down, if somebody comes to you, and you might be going through a lot, 
You're, I mean, their problems might be minuscule compared to your problems, but you know what? When somebody comes to you needing encouragement and needing comfort, let them win the contest. Alright? Let their trial be the worst trial that anyone could ever go through. I mean, let them know that, man, you're really going to be praying for them. Don't, don't say, man, I don't have time to pray for you because mine is, you know, you should be praying for me because mine are worse. No! You pray for them. You give them comfort. You let them know that you care about it and don't make it a competition. And that's exactly what it is with some people. It's always a competition. Let, let the people win. Let them win. I believe if you'll do that too, I believe God will help you. I be, it, here's, here's the other thing too. Helping other people through their difficulties often helps you with your own difficulties. It really does. You know, when, you, when you're trying to deal with help other people's problems, it keeps you from being self-centered and it causes you to forget about your problems many times. Some of us, were so self-centered, we've got nothing else to think about but our own problems. But you know, if you're somebody who you're thinking about other people, you know, it will, it will get you distracted from whatever trial you're going through. You're going to be too, feeling, too busy feeling sorry for other people for you to feel sorry for yourself. So you know what? When somebody comes to you going through a hard time, let their time be the hardest. Now, I'm not saying you can't, you know, share experience, alright? You know, uh, you know, I know Brother Eric had uh, brain cancer one time. If I ever went through something like that, I would probably want to talk to him about it. Hey, what am I in for? You know, what's this going to be like? Because I know he has experienced that before. So a lot of times when you know somebody's had an experience that's difficult, similar to what you're going through, you know, you, you, know, you go to those people and you know, that's probably what I would do. Hopefully if he found out I had it, he wouldn't come to me asking what I have, where it's at. It's like, oh yeah, mine was way worse. Yeah, yours is nothing. Well, maybe, but they're still going to cut my head open. I'm kind of freaked out about it. All right, you know, I'm, 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 I'm still pretty worried about it. All right, you know, that that's not really the way to handle it in that situation. And you know, a lot of people they're always a little too anxious to share their experience with everybody, so they can straighten everybody out. So and most time, people just want comfort. All right, if somebody's got cancer, they're going to be freaked out. Okay, they're going to be a little scared. That's not your time. To go tell them about all these health remedies that you found out on YouTube that cures cancer. You know, sometimes you just need to give them sympathy. Some, you know, if they come to you asking about magical cures that you found out from YouTube, then tell them about your magical cures that you found. But otherwise, just give them some sympathy, feel sorry for them. You know, give them the comfort. That's what they're looking for. And God wants us to, you know, take the comfort that we've, we've received and give it to other people. And so, just real quickly, the last one, number eight, the guy can heal whatever wounds we receive in our discouraging times. Because you're going to get wounds. There's going to be wounds. It says in Psalm 147, verse 3, it says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Some difficulties, man, they take a toll. They hurt. We get burned. We, we get hurt. But you know what? God can... He, he heals a broken heart. That's what He does. He wants to make you whole... He wants to heal those wounds. That is what He does. And so whatever you're fighting, whatever pain you're going through right now, understand we have a God that wants to heal you and wants to make you better. And He can and He will if you'll let Him. Number nine, we need to let God handle handle the things that discourage us. Sometimes we've got to learn to just turn things over to God. 
You know, most of us were so busy trying to fix things we could never fix. You know, we're just making ourselves more miserable. But First uh, Peter five six says, "Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." So God cares what you're going through. God cares about the things that are getting you down. God cares when you're struggling. Sometimes people don't care. Sometimes other Christians don't care. Sometimes your family doesn't care what you're going through. But God actually does care about what you're going through. And so you know what you do? You just cast it on Him. You cast it on Him because He He cares for you. And you know, that's why I just decided I'm going to do that too. With, with my enemies, the people that are attacking me, you know, it's gone through my mind a few times, how can I get back at these people? And I've had some pretty good ideas. But you know what? I've just decided, you know what? I haven't got time to fight back. So I'm going to let God do it. That's all I'm going to do. And these people are taking a lot of mental health days. All right? You know, one guy that has been attacking me, and you're going to, you all are going to think this isn't even a big deal. But folks, in this world, it's a big deal. He, he just had some kind of falling out with one of the guys he partnered up with on his YouTube channel. And he's lost like 3,000 subscribers in just like the last couple of weeks. His channel's just like falling apart, you know. I didn't have to do anything. You know? And it's not even self-destruction. You know, God's, gonna, God's going to destroy these people. And even if they get exalted on earth, He's still going to destroy them. And it's just like, man, I, do, I, I, I could think of some great things to do to my enemies that would probably be effective. But it's like, God can deal with it better. God, want, you know, God wants me to keep winning souls and doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to let Him have my enemies. That's the way I look at it. And we need to let God handle things, some things in our life. You know, some, some of you, you're miserable trying to handle other people, maybe family members, coworkers. Cast that on the Lord. Let Him take care of it. You'll just get yourself in trouble. You'll just make a mess. And folks, there have been many times I have decided, you know what, I'll take care of this one. And I usually regret it. Because yeah, I don't know, always know what I'm doing, but God does. And the last one, Nehemiah 8.10 says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Real joy and encouragement comes from God. You know what? There is no pill that can give you the joy of the Lord. There is no lottery ticket, winning lottery ticket, that can give you the joy of the Lord. There is no job out there that will give you the joy of the Lord. There's, there's, there's nothing out there that can give you the joy of the Lord. Only God can give you the joy of the Lord. And it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. And real encouragement, what we really need, it comes from God. And once again, when it comes to all these things, we just need to rely on Him for it. We need to rely on the Lord for our happiness. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, You show me what I need to be happy. Lord, you know, in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Our flesh always thinks the bad is what's going to make us happy and what's going to give us the joy that we need. But no, we need to trust the Lord. We need to walk in the Spirit. And when we do that, when we realize that He is the source of it, then you know, we'll be thrilled. And let, you know, let, me just, let me just close with this. You know, One of the things that I have always loved doing, and you know, there's been many times in the past I've felt sorry for myself, because I just never really got to do a whole lot of it, because I just never could afford it, 
And that's traveling. And you know what? But I, you know, I went into pastoring thinking I'll probably never make enough money to ever get to travel and ever get to go anywhere. But you know what? You delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And you know what? I've been traveling so much, I don't even want to anymore. <laughs> it's like, I always thought I'd be happy just going places all the time and, you know, seeing the world. I thought it'd be nice if I wasn't tied down, you know, to a job, pastoring, you just can't get out that much and do things. I just like to travel, you know. It'd be fun being in evangelism or something like that. No, it wouldn't. Alright? It would, it would not. I like what I'm doing so much better. I, my life that I live in the Sterling and Rock Falls area, my re- weekly routine that I've got, I like it way better than traveling. And I'm glad when I get to do something different every now and then, I'm thankful for it. But you know what the Lord has revealed to me this year? That you know what makes me happiest? Doing what I'm doing is where where happiness lies. And you know what? That was just the devil trying to make me discontent. And you know what? Some of you, you all got the same thing. There's the devil's telling you, hey, these other things that's not the will of God would make you happier. That's what he's telling you. And he's got some of you convinced of it. But you know what? If you just do the will of God, you delight yourself in the Lord, whatever it is that you think you want, alright, those desires, right, He'll give them to you. Alright, He'll give you the desires of your heart. And, you know what, in many, in many times, you know, you'll find out you like it. Sometimes, you'll find out the desire of your heart is what you were already doing. You know, you'll find out that, hey, you know, I thought this is what I wanted, but actually what the Lord's given me is even better. Uh, and you know, and I'm not saying so. I'm not saying I you know now hate traveling or anything. I don't. But at the same time, it's like I feel like the Lord has given me an abundance of it, and I'm I'm just I'm very thankful. I got to do what I wanted to do, and I feel like today that from here on out, I just want to keep doing what I've been doing on a weekly basis. You know, and that, and I'm uh, that's you know God does that, and you just need to realize. You need to look at God as the source of your joy and your encouragement, and He'll give it to you. That's the Word of God. His will is where it's at. Get in it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. Lord, I pray You'll help everyone here. Lord, I'm, I'm sure uh, in the crowd this size, there's going to be multiple people in here that are probably discouraged right now. Dear God, we ask that uh, they will personally take these things and apply them to their life. I pray when it comes to the rest of us that we will just do what we can to encourage other people, uh, give them the sympathy and things that they need. But Lord, I pray that um, You'll help us to follow these things so we can uh, find encouragement. For those who are not discouraged right now, help them to prepare themselves for when the difficult times come because they will come. We live in an evil world. But we thank You, Lord, that we can know that in the end we will triumph and we will be victorious. We thank You for that. In Your name we pray. Amen.